This is part two of our interview with former um, Polygamy Group member Caleb Owen, next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. This is part two of our interview with Caleb Owen. He's agreed to come on the show and tell his story about being raised in the Kingston Polygamy Group, uh, also called The Order, and to tell his story of some of the experiences while he's in the group and his experience of leaving the group. We finished in part one where we were leading into the reason why he left. Was there a particular event or teaching that caused his decision to leave? And so now we want to hear his story of actually leaving. What happened and what happened to make him live and what happened to um, to after you did leave. So, Caleb, why don't we go into that? What, what was it that precipitated your leaving? How old were you? Why did you leave? And what happened? Well, I was about 17 at the time. And like I said, I made friends with Ainsley White, who's now my partner. And we were talking for a while. And, and we were just chatting through text on, a, on a, a cell phone that I got a hold of, which was strictly forbidden, according to or a doctor because they shouldn't you sh- you can't be talking to someone without parental consent apparently but you can have cell phones you we actually were able to the strange thing is and they're a lot more commonplace in the order than they used to be mm-hmm. people call and text and they play video games and it's really strange because <laughs> they it gives them the illusion of being free i guess yeah well that's true <clears throat> but okay as uh, as as uh, like the month went by i started to realize more of how wrong like well, I always knew like the order was somewhat wrong. I always had trouble believing 99 to 100% of what they said. And every teaching they taught me, it felt even more and more like just a pack of lies. And at about March, I decided I started like planning how to get out. And I realized I needed a couple of things. I needed money. I needed a place to go. And I needed help. Mm-hmm. And I found the help through my actual therapist, um... I won't say his name here, but he's helped me through a number of issues, including um, um, major panic attack, breakdowns, and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of stuff happened yeah. <laughs> as I was trying to leave. A lot of things yeah, happened and I kept getting worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing that really did help, though, was before I got my depression, like really, really gotten really big part of, gotten become a really big part of me. And my family, well, not, well, I say my family, it was really more of my father and my siblings, but not all of them were really supportive of it, not all of them really understood what was going on, and not all of them really seemed like they cared to learn. Yeah, exactly. The only ones that, like, really did was, like, my, a couple of my sisters and my mother, and um, that was pretty much it. My brother at one point did, but that was the extent of it. But the one who really did help was my partner, Ainsley White, and... As it came along, I started trying to figure out different ways to do it. So I started reading more into the polygamous books about how other people did it, how they managed to get money out. And I noticed one of the most primary forms of it was blackmail. I didn't have any dirt on anyone. (laughs) Well, I have a lot of dirt now because I've left and I'm not afraid to tell anyone. But what what I had was 
plans. I had, pl I had planned to go to college, and I still do. I plan to go to university or somewhere, maybe culinary school, I haven't decided yet, mm -hmm. and get an education. And one thing that the order actually will let you do, surprisingly, is take money out for an education because they want people more educated to work. Mm -hmm. and, and to bring more money in for the group, purposely for that mm -hmm. reason. Exactly. And so what I did was I was working in the farm in on the farm in Territon at that time. I used to be... I, I worked the summer up after I graduated from high school up in Teton, which is a nightmare to work at. I, I cannot begin to tell and you. And that's the, what I led in with at the beginning, where you were moving pipe and you mm -hmm. you worked so many hours a day. And and I didn't even move pipe a lot. I, I, I moved because I, I got to the point where I was like absolutely refusing to move pipe. How I, old were you at that time? That time I was actually 17. I was actually at the, I, I was 17 at the time. I graduated from high school and I just had enough. I wasn't going to move pipe and they couldn't make me if they tried. Okay. Well, I did move some, but when I first started working up there, that's when I moved pipe every day. And you had a younger brother, old, uh, younger than you, that mm -hmm. was also working the same mm -hmm. way. Same way. Underage. He was more willing to do it, but then again, he didn't have the rebel streak that I had. had you have to be a rebel had. to get out of those places, I'm mm -hmm. telling you. You do. I, I really, like, they would have, they fought so hard to get me to move pipe, and I only did it grudgingly after, like, my dad threatened to not let me stay at the house if I wouldn't move pipe and stay at the farm. Because they wouldn't let me stay at the farm if I didn't move pipe, and they wouldn't let me stay, with the, stay at the house if I didn't stay at the farm. So I ended up having to move some, but I'm rambling on about that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> back, way, to, back to how you were leaving. So I, were, I was done, <laughs> I was done with the summer there, and we were allowed to go back to Territon. And we agreed to any terms to get us off that farm because we both agreed that it was horrible up there. The work conditions, and, and the work would have been somewhat okay if we didn't have to live with the most anally retentive, rudest people. Like they were just not happy with us at all. We couldn't do a single thing right. And I'm not gonna say their names, but they knew who they were. They were never happy with our work, always complaining about it. And it was just not a really, it was a very toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. So we moved back to Territon and we were super excited because now we'd have breakfast in the morning <laughs> besides oats and raisins and eggs once yeah, a week. Yeah, So that was like the greatest staples, thing ever. Yeah. And sometimes we even slept until eight, so yay. Wow. And we were working on the farm in Territon and I had a lot more alone time because I was mowing the lawns and mowing the weeds around the farm. And I was, I had a lot more free time and I was using that time to like, call into more places and I started with a test. I tested to see if I could get $100 out. And I called and I got it authorized, I got it moved over, and I said it was for car parts. And I know it's a lie, but I honestly don't care because they've lied to me that my whole life they can handle a couple of them themselves. And I got the and I got the $100. They gave it to me. They let me have it. And I took that $100 and I used it for some of her car parts, but also some of it to go take Ainsley out on a nice date. After that, I knew I could get more. Mm -hmm. And I decided, you know what, all or nothing. Oh, now, this is all the money that you had made, on, that they put on your statement, that you had earned through the years. That's on that your was just statement. $100 of it. But still, you're getting the money from that yes. money that you earned working, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. All of the, that. People probably may not understand. Some people may not understand well, the, basically, the financial arrangements that the Kingston Group has. Well, how that works is you have a statement, which is like a credit card. You have money on your statement, which is like you have money on your card. And then you have a second account, which they call your secret account. You have no idea what's actually on there. They will never tell you the right, truth. Right. And that's where they put all the money you make. And if you want to have some money, you got to call the banking office, 
down in Salt Lake City, ask them to transfer some money onto your statement, and if they approve it, sometimes they won't say you don't have enough money on your actual secret statement. Mm -hmm. 90, n n not even true ever, because the way I worked, I knew I had money. Yeah. And they actually denied $100 at one point because they said I didn't have it on my account, but I checked it on my statement and they quickly backtracked and let me have it mm -hmm. because they realized okay. they'd been caught in a lie. And so you got your money out and now you're, mm -hmm. you're ready to set up to leave. Mm -hmm. I, I took the $3,000 after I got it out of my father's hands. I don't, uh, what he did is he intercepted it and he kept it for a bit, but then I finally got a hold of it and I, and I put it into a banking, banking account. I put it into a banking account and it kind of stayed there and it collected interest for a little bit. It stewed for a, for a few minutes. Well, I think I was, it was in there for a couple of weeks while I was looking for a place to live. And as I was looking for a place to live, I got in a car accident with my old, with an old car. It was a, I can't remember what the model was, but the result was I didn't have a car, so the, the plans kind of were set back. I, would, mm -hmm. I had plans to move originally in October, but they were, but I had the accident in October. Did you tell anybody of your plans to leave, brothers or sisters or friends? Or my anybody? mother. Your mother? Mm -hmm. And she supported you? Yes. Okay. And I, technically my father. He knew I planned to move out, but he didn't know when. Did he try to talk you out of it? Yes. Did he threaten your salvation? Yep. If you take your money out? Then you don't get to be a part of the order And you anymore. don't get to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. So money buys your ticket to heaven. Mm -hmm. Which I always found, found is kind of funny because if you have the mindset that there's always something better, you'll never be happy with where you are. So like I try to live with the mindset that this right now is heaven. And what's next, it doesn't even matter. Well... And, Jesus has other things to say about that, but <laughs> go on with your story of leaving. Well, for after I got the money, we had the accident, and it was set aside, and I and I had to take $800 of the $3,000. Luckily, Ren and Idaho is dirt cheap, and I was able to take $800 out of it and purchase another car. This one is a bit better, mm -hmm. and it's in the shop right now. It's got some problems with the radiator, but I'm still... But you Function. got out and you mm -hmm. got an apartment. And I got an apartment. You got a job outside of the mm -hmm. of the Kingston Actually, group? interestingly enough, I got the job before I moved out. So I was commuting to Idaho Falls. So, so you made plans in advance and then just followed through. Even though there were setbacks, you still mm -hmm. just followed through step by mm -hmm. step and made it out without it was a, too much It was trouble. a lot of waiting. Yeah. And, and I, know, I know I'm probably spoiling anyone else's plans to get money out the way I did it because they're probably watching this and then... <laughs> There are deeper people have used some creative ways to get mm -hmm. their money out, for sure. And there's been threats of lawsuits and all kinds of things that's, mm -hmm. that's worked. So, uh, have you ever been sorry you left? Never. Ever. ever. Nope. Never been sorry. Uh, now, what would you say right now would have been the, 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 helped you the very most when you left? What did you need that you didn't have access to that would have helped you when you finally got out? Well, it would have. I'm, I'm trying to think of something because I really, I really had, I had a, I had a supportive partner, I had a, I had a therapist who would help keep my anxiety down, I had a mother who supported me, and I had the money to do it. The mm -hmm. only thing that I really think I could have done differently or needed differently was to avoided that accident or have bounced back from that accident well, a lot you, faster yeah, than I did. That's, that's something that's beyond our control. Mm -hmm. So after you left, did you have guilt trips? Did you feel like, oh, I've done the wrong thing, I need to go back? Did you feel like that you've let your parents down, you've let your family down and, and got you all that? I felt that I made my father upset, but 
like always, he'll live. I will too. Yeah. And that's pretty much the extent of the guilt that I felt. Other than that, I was like totally fine because I can still hang out with them. They're still my family and I still love them and care yeah. about them. But I'm not going to be a part of their religion. And if they don't like that, well, then they're not going to be a part of my life because um, it's kind of hard cheese, but I have to stand up for myself. I didn't my whole life and I didn't get me anywhere. Now, I don't know if you would even know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it because a lot of people are interested about the Lost Boys that polygamy groups have. And there was a huge scandal of Lost Boys with the FLDS several mm -hmm. years ago. I know the Kingston group has had that, that category of boys um, because there's never enough girls to go around for every man to have plural wives in a, mm -hmm. in a polygamy group, period. Mm -hmm. Do you think one of the reasons that, that you were let go so easily was because you were an extra male and and so they didn't have to worry about getting you a wife? I've sometimes considered that option, but I didn't think I was ever going to get a wife in the order anyway. Why? Because I simply wouldn't want to pursue it myself. Oh, okay. Um, so did you see the Lost Boys taking place in the Kingston group? That kind I of saw a some people that I thought should be married. Like, I... There's, there's a person that I know, he's in his 30s now, and he just barely got married to a 16-year-old, and just barely, like, it was like last year or so, and he hadn't been married all the time before that, so I guess there was that one, and then I also noticed a lot more people that have been growing up, I know quite a few actually, that I, I don't know if they just don't have the interest to get married or just don't have the option to, but they're definitely old enough. What about all of the young girls? Aren't they being picked up by the polygamous men? They're, yeah, a lot, really fast. There's actually a cousin of mine, she just recently turned 16, and I think she's engaged now. Uh-huh. I think she's 16 or 15, I'm not sure which. Well, By the way, they engage them when they're younger and then don't yeah. don't marry them until they're illegal. Isn't mm -hmm. that what they're doing now? Not all the time. Sometimes they'll seal them and then wait until they're old enough. So they'll still engage in coitus and try to have kids, but they won't be legally married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah. They'll just be sealed in God's. In God's eyes, according mm -hmm. to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So tell me, what has been the worst part and the best part of leaving? The worst part was the arguments that I would get, uh, that I got into the first few weeks that I was gone. Like my dad would come around and he'd tell me about all the mistakes I'm making and how, uh, how Brother Paul or these other people were trying to convince him to get me to come back. But pretty much just being badgered to come back and. I was just adamant, and I said no, and I, I feel I, I had to be strong because I would not have had the strength myself, and that's where I go into the best part of being able to leave is my partner again, Ainsley, because she was, she was my rock. She was mm -hmm. the reason that I was able to be strong enough to say no, no more, because I'm, I have really, really bad social issues, and I have problems sometimes saying no. Unfortunately, that is one of the things that happens for people who leave polygamy mm -hmm. groups. They do have the difficulty saying no mm -hmm. because we're call we're not allowed to say no. Mm -hmm. First time I said no to my mom, she slapped me silly, I, you know, mm -hmm. and I was like twelve years old. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that's what happens. Uh, well, I'm glad that you. I'm glad your mother supported you. I'm glad you didn't have as as rough a time leaving as some have had in in their leaving. Uh, mm. Now, now let's look at some of the practices that you noticed inside of the polygamy group. That maybe things that maybe you weren't aware of, or things mm. that you were aware of that was going on. 
Um, did you know that young girls were being molested or abused or raped? Did Were you aware of the abuse that some of the younger generation was going through? Um, to an extent, I would say yes, because I've... I don't know how, I don't remember the story exactly, but I remember one of the females like talking about her uncle and how he would go after her, like pursue her in marriage. And she's like, I don't want to get married. I want to go to school. And that's, that's the only kind I can tell you that other than that. And even then that memory is a little fuzzy. I don't have much in that mm -hmm. aspect. So you didn't I, really know of the abuse that was going on with other people? Not with the females, but I do, I do remember a bit of, I do know about us. Uh, I don't know if you'd call it spouse abuse, but like just deprivation for, because I, I've been to a couple of Brother Paul's wives' houses, mm -hmm. and the difference between his favorite wives and his least favorite wives is just night and day. There's one of them in Huntington, and it's just, it, it it's no better than a slum. Mm -hmm. There's rotting food in the sink and on the counter, there's kids sleeping in filthy clothes underneath the table, there's carpet hasn't been vacuumed in years if not decades and even if they had a vacuum it wouldn't it would suck up the carpet with it yeah yeah and then i and then i saw one of his favorite wives i can't remember her name but it, the house was just gorgeous it was like it was a three it was a two-story split level it had a, a, a built-in trampoline in the backyard i had a pool, no it wasn't a pool, it was a hot tub, and I had a foosball table So did the, did the wife that was living in the slum know about the living conditions of the wife that's living in luxury? I would assume so, it's kind of obviously he has like, the, he visits from house to house and he, he's been, he's gone on record like speaking about how his wives work in harmony with each other. <laughs> That's never happened in polygamy, ever. Mm -hmm. They can say it has all day long, but mm -hmm. it just doesn't happen. It's not the way it is. What's the youngest age of marriage that you're aware of, in, of actual marriage? Fifteen. Fifteen? Fifteen or sixteen. I think she was like almost sixteen, like turning on, turning to be sixteen. Mm -hmm. That was the one I told you about from last year who just recently got married. Oh. So uh, let's talk about inequality a little bit. We talked about the fringes in, the, mm -hmm. in part one of the, how the d different families are treated differently. Mm -hmm. And if you're a fringe family, you're treated differently. But did you notice um, some? Now, when I was there, they did not want formal education to anybody except once in a while someone from the Kingston family would get a formal education. They've mm -hmm. changed that through the years, so mm -hmm. now they're allowing more people to get formal education. But uh, do they? Do do they have preferential treatment of those who can uh, go to higher education? Usually, in fact, it's it's split along gender lines mostly because I remember being encouraged to go into education and taking online courses. I remember that very very well, and the person who recommended that recommended that to pretty much every, everyone else on the farm, and it was through him that I actually learned the computer programming language CSS. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a basic web design mm -hmm. programming language. But the thing is, I've noticed that the girls aren't really encouraged. They're not encouraged to. There's some, some of them. There's some of them. Are. Some of them who do. Some yeah. have gone into legal, mm -hmm. and some have gone into real estate. Mm -hmm. But they're usually in the either in the Kingston family themselves, yeah. or are encouraged by a very, very dominant female mother. Yeah. Okay. Or, um, okay. Um, when people escape polygamy. There's a lot of fear that, that comes with escaping. Maybe maybe you didn't have as much fear as many people have. 
Um, but have you talked to people of their fears of what they left? And and what kind of fears did you have? Did you were you actually afraid of God or or the retribution of God or the group's retribution for leaving? I was kind of a little worried about the group's re re uh, retribution, but not anything else. No, and I do remember um, being worried that I would run out of money. But even then, I had a steady job, and I was making mm -hmm. nine dollars and fifty cents an hour, so that wouldn't really. Be and a so problem. you didn't need the Kingston Group to make sure that your security, financial security, mm -hmm. was okay. You didn't need them at all. Nope. What about shunning? There is a bad, bad shunning going on, massive shunning going on in polygamy groups when you leave. Some, mm -hmm. in fact, recently one of the ladies left, and her son wrote to her and says, "Don't you ever contact me again. Don't send me a gift because I won't open it. I'll send it back." And that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Did. Did you experience any shunning? I didn't receive that because I guess on the fringe it's a lot, a lot less paid attention to. <laughs> so, some advantages to being on the fringe. Mm -hmm. that, and my mom would never let it happen. She's she's just a sweet woman. She's just amazing. Oh, I think I, that's nice. she's just a nice lady. She wouldn't ever let any of the any of my siblings abandon me. So they also teach some um, families that if your child stays in the group, you're going to be super blessed. But if your child leaves the group, you're going to pay the the cost. Did mm -hmm. did you did did they teach your parents that? Did I remember being taught in a that? Sunday school lesson, but it was never threatened to me. No, I remember that in a Sunday school lesson. But that that's because they repeat the same lessons year after year after year. So it's you don't true. ever learn anything new then. Um, we do learn a lot of order history, which is pretty much. Oh, I'm sure it's Clorox, just like the mm -hmm. Mormon Church history is. Mm -hmm. um, what about abuse? Was there a, abuse in your family? It sounds like you had such an awesome mother that she probably wouldn't have abused a fly. Um, <laughs> well, was there? She did spank. And well, spanking's not abuse. There's and, a difference. Well, when when we were growing up, they were a lot more harsh. They um, there was a point of them using coat hangers and fly swatters, but they've really dialed it back a lot. And then now I see my father because. I have high functioning autism, and we're grow we have a growing suspicion that my younger sister does as well. Mm. And th he'll call it Asperger's because that's the old term. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed that when I was growing up, I was spanked for my behavior, and I was like, like, never with a belt, but like fly swatters, coat hangers, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. to the point where I, I would take all the uh, fly swatters and throw them over the fence in the backyard. So <laughs> I could get rid of them, huh? Mm -hmm. But. <laughs> But that was pretty much the extent of it, and they really have dialed it back a lot. My older sister, um, my oldest sister actually, she felt the most, and that's mm -hmm. why she's kind of like resentful towards the younger kids because mm -hmm. they they realize you don't need to hit your kid to make yeah. them make them behave. If you need to do that, then well, you raise them wrong. There, there's a difference between discipline and, and child abuse, mm -hmm. and we were raised in an extremely abusive family, very, mm -hmm. very, very abusive. Um, and some families are and some aren't, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, just depends a lot upon the parents. I know that the leadership has taught in the past that they need to train a child um, how, to, um, how to be obedient before they're old enough to even walk. And they would do mm -hmm. waterboarding and, and hold mm -hmm. their, no, you know, and they did that in the, in the early days of the group. I don't know if they still do it. I know some of them have recently. Mm -hmm. I um, haven't really seen any of that. Yeah. But I do know that, like... In my family, it's just been reduced, and now it's a lot That's more. Good. I'm That's really good. happy about that because I personally don't think you ever need to like spank a kid. If you if you do, then my personal opinion, 
you've done something wrong to raise them in such a way that they think that the only way they'll get away with some not get away with something is if they get hit. So, uh, would would you say your family was less strict than others then in that? And and tell me what they did with. It's, I know you told me about the Nestle Quick and all mm-hmm. that, but did they have the word of wisdom that was that they um, forced you to it's comply kinda, with? It was kind of like a scale because. My father was like really, really, and he still is. He's very picky about letting anyone in the family hang out with anyone who's not part of the order. Like he wouldn't let mm-hmm. my little brother has to fight tooth and nail just to go over to his friend's house after school, mm. and and so the scale was tipping that direction. But then my mom would weigh in because she she knows there's nothing wrong with that. Their kids are they want to play, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so she'd weigh in the other direction, and she almost always got her way, mm. within reason. Like well, yeah, within he'd reason. still fight and push and keep it from keep it from happening all the time, but. Jerem, uh, I accidentally used his name. Can we cut that out? Well, no, that's all right. You didn't. Right. You didn't say too much. That's okay. Well, yeah, like like my little brother Jerem, he has friends on the outside, and pretty much all my other brothers and sisters, they do, and they, to an extent, are allowed to hang out with yeah, them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we weren't allowed to hang out with anybody that wasn't. Now there are people who are trapped inside polygamy, and when I say the word trapped. I mean that they would like to get out. Um, they they don't have the courage to get out because of of religious teaching and threats and and you know the the threats that their parents give them about God and about the the group mm-hmm. uh, and the religion and all of that. So they're trapped. They're afraid to leave. What would you mm-hmm. say to someone who is trapped? They would want to get out, but they're afraid of what's going to happen if they do, and so they stay. What would you say to that person? Well, I would say. For starters, they're telling you that if you don't do as they say, you're going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And if that is true, if you if they're telling you that you can't live your life the way you want or else you're going to go to hell, then just ask yourself, do you really want to get into heaven on those terms? Sounds like those terms are wrong. I know my dad told me that. He's going to see to it I got to heaven if he had to kick me all the way there. And mm-hmm. I thought, does God really want his heaven filled with people that had to be kicked there? No. They, you know? No. No. And and like I understand the mindset, like it's it's scary to leave, and that's why you just got to understand that the most that they can do is try to convince you to stay. Mm-hmm. Anything above that, the law is on your side. The and law is if you're of age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're of age, yes, that is true. Yeah. Uh, we only have. Um just a little bit left, Caleb. Um, I want to thank you for coming um, and sharing with uh, with our viewers mm-hmm. uh, and for, for being open in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that you got out. I'm grateful mm-hmm. that you didn't suffer more than you did while you were in the group mm-hmm. and that you had a mother who cared mm-hmm. enough to, to know what was good for her children and mm-hmm. for her marriage, that she didn't allow your father to take a plural wife. Mm-hmm. That's good and that's great. Um, did you, um, well, I don't think we have time to pursue that question, so I guess we'll have to go with it. So I want to thank you for coming and sharing mm-hmm. with us, and I pray God's blessing on, mm-hmm. your, on your life and for coming with us. Um, our desire 
in this ministry has always been to bring biblical truths to polygamists and to help and support escapees in their journey from the oppressive lifelong mind control. Now, God never did command polygamy and leaving is, is part of his will. It's not against his will. God is kind and he's patient and he's loving and he opens his arms and always holds them open to receive those who will reject the lies that they've been told about him and discover the wonderful truths of who he really is. The process to that point can be painful, and, and family will often shun the departing member. And deception and loneliness often keeps uh, that, that departing member's minds from uh, and their hearts from ever turning to and trusting Jesus. But Jesus is the ultimate lover of our souls, and he proved it on the cross. And he invites all to come to him for forgiveness, salvation, and security. We hope you'll do that. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.